welcome to day number eight of 31 Days of Terror. To kick things off this week, I need to thank some of our newest Patreon subscribers. I would like to thank Devin C., Rebecca Medina, Aaron Gore, Helen Queen, Marissa Christensen, Mishka, Sarah LCB, Louise, Nick Atkinson, Olivia, Carrie Phillips, Jodie Beerlair, Nolins, Nicole Grady, Kendra Coates, Gemma Flower, Leslie and Tony Fitzpatrick, Maria Frias and Amanda Davis. Thank you so much for subscribing to the Patreon. It is so appreciated and I'm thankful for you every single day. And I have five stories for you today. And the last story comes from September the 6th, 2020. And story number one comes from Jenna. Ever since I was a young girl, I've always had a spirit around me. I would see a black figure in my room at night and even sometimes in the daytime. I even heard thoughts that were not mine at all, especially as a teen when I started struggling with anxiety and depression. They would say very negative things and even try to convince me to harm myself. And I just kind of got used to it. And as I got older, I sort of grew close to the darkness. It was almost comforting to be trapped in it. I never thought to attach the voice to a figure until more recently in my life. The first time I noticed was when I was young. I had dreams and would frequently see him. I grew up thinking they were nightmares or thinking nothing of it. I never knew if he was good or bad, but there were subtle things around the house that would move. I even from time to time did the Ouija board with friends in high school. We would go to the school football field at night or even to a park where someone had died a year prior. We never had anything bad happen, but one night, my friend, who was very Christian, stepped up and did it. That night, when we slept in her bed, we woke up to a heavy presence. We looked and noticed the curtains fluttering around on the bottom. They were moving, as though somebody was blowing a fan at them. But there was no aircon on, and there was no fan. So we quietly said a prayer together under her blanket, and it stopped. Another time, I was living with a friend who was like family. We called each other sisters and I even call her mom, mom. They actually have had spirits around too and are very connected in the soul. They notice things around the house as well, shifting and moving, but we were just like, whatever, it's probably our friend and he's just being annoying. We would always blow it off. My sister ended up moving to California, and while her mom was there visiting her, I was at home chilling out. On one of these nights, I was watching Grey's Anatomy with the dogs. Suddenly the kitchen sink's water turned on, high pressure water pouring down the sink. I paused the TV, realising that he did it, and firmly told him to shut it off. He listened and the water stopped, and I continued to watch the show. Around a month later I was asleep in my room when I woke up at 3am. I slept with the door open and typically one of the dogs was nearby if not with me. I felt as if someone was watching me, and it was a very dark and evil feeling. And then I heard the sound of Apollo, the 115-pound German shepherd, growling while guarding my door. He was crouched down and ready to attack. I looked at where he was and saw the dark figure. I threw my blanket over my head and prayed my heart out, and as soon as I said Amen, Apollo stopped. I ran into my mom's room. She was absolutely confused and my face was white and she just knew I'd seen him. 
Not too long ago, I spoke with my friend who does mind, body and soul healing. We speak about things in my life that can be let go to help with my anxiety and depression. This last session, she asked what else I would like to discuss. I told her about the voice and she told me the voice was bad, but I'd created a bond with it. She said sometimes it's more calm and other times it's more aggressive and that I had to be careful. I then felt to ask her a question that I didn't want to. Is the voice and the man that I see the same thing? Yes, she said, it's him. My stomach dropped as she told me. She said that any time that you see him or hear him, cast him out. Tell him to go back to hell and stay there. So I do. Now until I can find a way for him to go permanently, I have to live with this thing I've been with for almost my entire life. But again, as pestering and scary as he can be sometimes, I'm used to it. And to him. And since I find humour in many things, what should we name him? And story number two comes from Stephanie. I was between four and five years old and was playing in the garden with my imaginary friend Amy, who I clearly remember. She was a little Victorian girl, long dark hair in plaits with ribbons on the end, pale skin, black and white dress and long socks. While playing, my mum called me in for tea. I came into the kitchen and my mum closed the door behind and I shouted at her that she had locked Amy out. Amy's outside. I wouldn't stop until she opened the door. When Amy came in, I told her she's inside now and she says thank you. I always thought this was just the usual imaginary friend, until I found out about my ex's cousin who used to live a few doors up from me. We were talking one time and got on to talking about ghosts, and she described to me her imaginary friend. And it was Amy. Amy would sit on top of her wardrobe and talk to her at night. This both fascinated me and creeped me out. Now me and my mum are the only people who have lived in the house and I've always felt like there's something in the house, nothing sinister. My ex never liked being alone in the house as he always felt like someone was watching him. I've heard noises and seen things out of the corner of my eye but I've never felt threatened but I do feel like something or someone is attached to me. I still live at home now. I've been to a medium and have been told that I have my grandmother as my guardian angel who I've never met as she died when my mum was six. I feel at ease now, but if strange things happen or I feel uneasy at home, I will speak out and say, Hello, I know you're here. Please stop and please leave me alone. And story number three comes from Stephanie. My mom and I moved into a two-bedroom apartment after her and my dad split. I was in my early 20s and nowhere near getting my life together. And here was my poor mom starting over at 42. When we first moved in, our lives were such a whirlwind with trying to settle down and figure out our new regime that we didn't really notice anything overly strange. Until we did. Most of the occurrences happened to or in my mother's room. It started with a smell of strong floral perfume. My family were always believers in the paranormal, so she kind of took it in her stride. After the floral smell, my mom started having a reoccurring dream. She was in her bed in her room and lying next to her was an old decrepit woman with her eyes closed. She looked dead but my mother was scared to death to get out of bed and move past her. When she finally mustered up the courage to get up and run past the old woman the old woman would flick her eyes open 
crank her decrepit old neck to look at my mother and crawl out of the bed after her. My mom would be running down the hall and the old woman would be hunched over, floating down the hall, dragging her toes and fingernails along the carpet while still watching my mother with her twisted neck. As she passes doors, they would fly open and dead people would flood out. Just as my mom was about to run out of the apartment, she would wake up. She had this dream regularly. The next thing that happened was that she woke up to her room swirling with blue lights. We lived on the front of an apartment building, so she assumed it was an ambulance out front. She got up to look out the window, only to be met with nothing but the stillness of the night. The lights stopped. She explained it away and fell asleep with her TV on that night. The next incident, she felt something get into bed with her. She naturally assumed it was our cat. It roused her and prompted her to get up and check to make sure that I was home safe. When she opened my bedroom door, she found me asleep with the cat at my feet. That night she slept on the sofa. The next day she fished out her Bible and started reading it before bed. The dreams continued, but the incident seemed to stop for some time. Then one night she got up to go to the toilet, and as she's on the toilet her TV flicked on, and this happened regularly for the next few nights. The TV was second hand, so we explained it as having a broken timer that the previous owner set. At this stage we were really grasping at straws. My mom got rid of the TV and replaced it with a newer TV from my aunt, but it still turned on most nights. My boyfriend and I bought her a brand new TV for her birthday. We thought this for sure would solve the problem. However, it continued to turn on, and my mom continued to sleep on the sofa each night. I personally only ever had eerie, uncomfortable feelings, as though I was being watched, but I never experienced anything real. Until I did. I was lying in bed and my alarm went off. I got up, turned it off and got back into bed. Suddenly, the foot of my bed got hit from underneath with such force that my feet slightly bounced. I laid there too terrified to move for some time and eventually I choked it up to me being in a dream state. I never bothered to tell anyone about it. My boyfriend stayed over about a month later and it happened again. This time he was witness to it. He heard it and felt the severity of it. I told him it had happened before, but I thought I was dreaming. Shortly after we moved. My mom's TV was never an issue again and the dreams all stopped. I'm always tempted to reach out to whoever is living in that apartment to see if they have experienced anything. A psychic told me years later this energy was a manifestation of my mother's depression. My beloved grandfather had passed away. I flew out to Newfoundland to attend his funeral. When I arrived back home, I was incredibly sick with the flu and had to sit up to sleep, so I opted to sleep on the sofa. I put on the folk music station and lulled myself to sleep. I dreamed I was back in Newfoundland and I was out around shore taking pictures. Shore is a meadow overlooking the cove that my family lived in. I looked through the lens and there was my pop. I started crying and ran to hug him only he wasn't there. I put the camera back up to my eye and he was there again. I could only see him through the lens of my camera. I was crying and telling him that I missed him and I loved him while trying desperately to reach out and touch him. I woke up sobbing, only to hear his favourite song softly playing on the TV. Following that dream I would find coins on the floor all of the time. I knew it was him. 
He'd always give me the spare change he had in his pockets to go and buy myself a lunch. I flew to Newfoundland every summer break to spend two glorious months with my grandparents. Newfoundlanders follow similar folklore and beliefs as the Irish, as we are descendants. I was about 17 this year and I was anxious to fly. My friend lent me his Portuguese gold bracelet for good luck and I was off. That weekend, I headed out around the shore to have a few drinks and reconnect with old friends. The next morning, I noticed that the bracelet was gone. I headed back out around shore after breakfast to retrace my steps, but with no luck. I searched the house, my luggage and all of my pockets, but to no avail. I was devastated. My nan said that the fae took it, asked them for it back. So I was thinking sweet old nan has lost her mind. Fast forward to the last night of summer. I still haven't told my friend that I lost his bracelet and I'm terrified to tell him. That night, I dreamt I was back out around shore and the fairies were trying to pull me over a cliff. My whole dream was spent with me fighting off these tricky little fairies trying to pull me out into the woods. When I woke up that morning, the bracelet was in my hand. The logical side of me knows that the bracelet was likely in the bed. But the illogical side of me totally knows it was the fairies. And story number four comes from Annette. My family has so many ghost stories. I was desperate to see a ghost when I was a teen. My school was haunted and my dad, brother, teachers and other students saw the ghosts there. But I never did. My mum saw ghosts and my parents were haunted in their first home. But nothing ever happened to me until we moved to a new home when I was 11. We called my mum a witch because she was always doing freaky things, like always knowing who was on the phone before she answered. This was the 80s, so no caller ID. When we moved in, she told us she saw three spirits in the house. A woman in a black dress that used to hang around downstairs, a man in the garden with white shirt sleeves, and something upstairs, but she could never really see it. She thought it was male, but she only saw a large, dark shadow. We often saw the dogs staring at the living room door in the evenings. My mom would look and say, It's just the woman. Only mum saw them, although we all had moments of seeing movement or something in the corner of our eyes. Our bathroom light had a pull cord. My dad used to imitate the noise it made every time he used it and it always made me smile. Such a sad thing to do. One evening I was watching TV in my bedroom and went to go to the bathroom. I opened my bedroom door and stepped out to see the door closed and heard the distinctive sound of the light. I waited and waited and waited, but nobody came out. My brother was at school. He was a choir boy and boarded, and I could hear the TV in the living room downstairs. When I heard my parents talking, I realised there couldn't be anyone in the bathroom. I opened the door to an empty room, but who turned on the light? If the light was partially stuck and finally released itself, which it had done in the past, you'd only be able to hear the second part of the noise as it popped up. The first noise can only happen if you pull the cord. Weird. My second odd experience in that house was when I was tidying my bedroom one day. My bedroom door was closed and my music was on. I was on my hands and knees picking up some beads I had dropped on the floor when I felt a sharp, incessant prodding on my back. It was like somebody was poking me with a finger. I froze. 
I was facing my door so I knew nobody had opened it and come in. I couldn't look and it felt like I was there for hours, but I'm sure it was only seconds. When I finally looked, nobody was there. There was nothing above me that could have dripped on me. It was a definite external prodding rather than a twitch of muscle. Couldn't find any answer. At this time, I was experiencing sleep paralysis. My bed faced the door. I would wake up and see light under the door that was broken by feet. Then I watched the door slowly open and a large dark figure would be in the doorway. I would watch him walk into the room and in his right hand was an axe. He'd stop at the head of my bed looking down at me. He'd raise the axe and then swing it down. As it swung down I would see the glint of light on the blade. Then just before the axe struck I'd leap out of bed. When we moved from this house, the sleep paralysis stopped. The scariest experience I had in that house was in the dining room. It was the early hours of the morning and my parents were asleep. My bedroom was always freezing cold, so I went down to the dining room to put the fire on. I was sitting next to the window reading a Dean Koontz novel, The Watchers. In the book, The Other, a genetically created monster, is watching a man in his cabin in the woods. The watcher smashes through the window and slaughters him. So I was reading this, and I heard a screech outside, followed by a tapping on the window next to my head. The vertical blinds were partially open so I could move my head to the side and see out. It took me a few minutes to pick up the courage to do that, and in the meantime the screeching and the tapping continued. My heart was pounding, but I moved my head and looked out. Nothing, just darkness. There was a screech and then tapping. Screech and tapping. I was completely freaked out. Screech. Tap, tap, tap. I took a deep breath and pulled the blinds open. And there it was. Screeching and tapping on the window. A snail. I watched as it turned, its shell catching on the window and making the screech sound. As it turned further, the shell partially released from the window, juddering along it and making the tapping noise. I was terrified by a snail. Answer number five comes from Meg. I do think that some people are more in tune with other worlds, and I think my son is one of them. I have three children, Jonah six, Eden five, and Lucy nearly two. Of course, all babies and kids have their own unique personalities. Eden has always been very bright and boisterous. Lucy is sweet and fiercely independent. And Jonah is very knowing, observant and feels emotions at the extremes. When Jonah was born, he was heavily sedated from drugs they had given me in labour to stop vomiting and to relax me some more. He didn't breathe for nearly a quarter of an hour and had a team of doctors working on him. I'm only mentioning this because I wonder if this experience would link with his seemingly otherworldly experiences. He has also been seen by the doctors for autistic tendencies but hasn't yet been diagnosed. As a tiny baby, even from a newborn, he would seem to stare at a specific corner in our flat. We didn't think much of it, but every time we sat in the chair beneath the corner, he wouldn't take his eyes from there. As he got older... He would look up into the corner and smile and coo. So I guess if there was anything there, it didn't have bad vibes. He didn't speak until he was two years old. 
but when it did finally happen, he spoke a lot, and really well. By that time, we had moved to a different house. He didn't ever want to go upstairs by himself, which is probably a very normal thing for children, but my other two never seemed to have an issue. One night, however, as I was putting him to bed, he whispered to me, I'm scared. And I asked him what was making him scared. And he said, I'm scared of the boy in the cupboard. My gut kind of dropped, but I've never really believed in anything paranormal, so I just soothed him and tried not to think about it. Another night he wasn't feeling so well and kept waking up. I sat next to him in the middle of the night with the landing light on and the door open letting in some light. He looked over at the door behind me and said, Who's that? I looked around and there was nothing there. And then he smiled and said, Oh, Darth Vader. I like Darth Vader. Again, I tried not to think about it and wondered why on earth he would see Darth Vader in his room. He knew about Star Wars as my husband is a big fan. I wonder now whether he saw a large, dark figure in his little mind and thought it must be Darth Vader since he didn't know anything else that tall and that dark. Another time we were playing at the bottom of the garden in the sand pit with Eden. Jonah looked over at the house and smiled and waved and said, Daddy's home. I was surprised because my husband should have been at work, so I looked around but saw nobody there. I checked from his perspective whether he could see a reflection of us in the kitchen window, but it wouldn't have been possible. Once we were playing in the living room, and he had his ear to the ground. I asked him what he was doing, and he said, I hear the children. They're coming up soon. But the worst one for me that made me totally freaked out was once when we were sitting at the kitchen table eating dinner. It was just Jonah, Eden and me. We have double glass doors in the kitchen and I was sitting with my back to the doors. Jonah was sitting facing me. He started pointing behind me and counting. One, two, three, all the way up to ten. He looked pleased with himself and I said, Great counting, Jonah. What are you counting? I looked behind me and it was pitch black. I couldn't see anything but our reflections. He excitedly said, I'm counting owls. Then his face dropped and he looked really scared. And he said, Mummy, I don't like those owls. We left the room quickly and I calmed him down in the living room, but I've never seen him so frightened. As he's gotten older, he hasn't said any other freaky things. It seemed to stop by the time he was around three. Eden and Lucy don't seem to have the same experiences either. I've never felt anything creepy in the house or experienced anything myself, and neither has my husband other than that creeping feeling when something unsettles you. Like your child telling you about a boy in the cupboard. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and thank you to Jenna, Stephanie, Stephanie, Annette and Meg for your stories. Just a reminder that the last story was sent in on the 6th of September 2020. If you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow. Bye.